Hi, this is Bobby Ryan of the Detroit Red Wings, and you are listening to Empty Betters with Nick, Mack, and Harrison. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to episode 87 of Empty Betters. I'm your host, Harrison Scholes. I'm going to toss it across the screen to my co-host, Nick Manella. How are we doing, buddy? Doing well. Pretty tired, to be honest. I uh, did a nice little weekend in Ocean City, so it was good to go down there and get some sun, get some surf, and just down floor. there. Yeah, yeah, down the ocean, <laughs> um, down and there. just, you know, just floor it for, for a couple days, so... Yeah, it was nice. Happy to be back, though. I think this is like the first time in two or three weeks that I'm actually podcasting from my house. So happy to be home. Yeah, the Internet's happy that you're home, too. So yeah, uh, literally, you know, that's that's a nice little change of pace. Sometimes that Long Island Wi-Fi isn't exactly the best, but good to have the high speed back. And I am going to toss it across the screen to my other co-host, Mac Vogel. How are we doing, my man? Doing all right. It's been a weird morning. My uh, I woke up. I fortunate to have monday tuesday and wednesday off just because of the odd schedule that i work mostly weekends and stuff but i wake up it's the first of three days in a row off and i'm like ah, i can the world is my oyster what am i going to do today and the first thing i was going to do is actually be productive go grocery shopping get some food i get in my car and i'm just not going anywhere because my car is fucked and i haven't figured out what's wrong with it yet so uh Yikes. That's a problem for tomorrow, I'm thinking, because it's already like 3 p.m. It's pouring rain outside, and Oof. I don't technically have anywhere to be, so I guess it is what it is. But other than that, I'm doing well. Um, as you mentioned, there's big old home run derby tonight. I'm kind of excited for that. So, Yes, uh, big old home run derby tonight. We're going to be giving out maybe some props on that. Mac is uh, that baseball expert on the podcast, I would say. And also a big hit last night. Didn't publish it. We're a hockey podcast, but uh, thank you, Milwaukee Bucks, for the minus four and a half. Easy change. Thanks for coming. Yep, let's go. Uh, but, Mac, I will tell you, you've come to the right place as far as uh, automobile malfunctions. I think misery loves company in this case. So I, Nick's got a shit-eating grin on his face, but <laughs> yeah, I know he's happy that someone else is feeling his pain. Yeah, something tells me Max repair is going to be a lot more affordable than mine is too. So that's if there's anything that's going to make Mac feel better, I would hope it's that. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, before we get started, we just want to remind you guys that our summer merch is now available on our store. You can find the store at emptybetters.com and click on shop, or you can find it in any of our social media bios, personals, or the Empty Better one. Doesn't matter. There's a link tree and it'll take you right there. Just click on shop. We got the Wowie Kazowie shirt that I'm wearing right now. Looks uh, great. Bad, bad radio right here, but turned out awesome the material is actually beautiful on this thing i will say it's very soft uh feels kind of premium and all the proceeds for that are going to be going to the lachlan family foundation for research dedicated to rare cancers so it's for a great cause uh, we appreciate any support that you guys can give us on that and it comes with a koozie so that's pretty awesome it does and then uh, the rest of our summer merch, the fourth line of July shirt, we dropped that for 4th of July for feeling patriotic. The Margarita Mac shirt, that's been a big hit, probably the most popular item on our store and the Miami Vice shirt. So go check that out. We appreciate all the support that you guys show us. 
the merch really is the key for us to, you know, actually have some money to do cool shit for this podcast. So I think it's like no coincidence that the two best selling shirts we have are named after cocktails, the Margarita Mac shirt and the (laughs) Miami Vice, because (laughs) either our listeners are just as drunk as we are, or they need that much liquor to listen to us. Either one. Don't probably the, probably the latter if I had to guess, but uh, before we get started, going to keep this question of the day segment rolling. And I wanted to ask this last episode, but my mind was fogged and I was probably still hungover. So I apologize, but in wake of Joey Chestnut and his amazing accomplishment on the 4th of July weekend, uh, I wanted to ask you guys, what is the, what is the, what is a strange condiment that you can't really get behind? Could be something that's popular that a lot of people like, and you're just like, no, or it could be something rare that people might not even know exist. And you're just like, what the fuck? Because there are a lot of blends of stuff now. You could, you know, how in the past you maybe do a little bit of ketchup and mayonnaise, but now they got like KO, like KO, KO. That's literally what it's called, KO. Yeah, and they just merge it all into one bottle. And Heinz says it's good for you, and you're good to go. So I'm curious, do you guys have any weird condiments that you can't get behind? Well, first of all, I don't think anyone can claim that mayonnaise is good for you because it's literally just like injecting caulking into your veins, but. <laughs> If I had to pick one, like, I don't know if it's a strange condiment or not. I am not a sour cream fan. It sort of makes my stomach do like a little bit of a backflip. Like, I mean, uh, you know, like when you see them at Chipotle, just take that big old dollop of it, slap it down. I'm just like, nope, uh -uh, not for me. I love that shit. Oh, my God. That's disgusting. Really? You strike me as a sour cream guy, too, but I guess not. eh? No, not really. Mac. I'm not a huge sour cream guy. I'm okay with it, like in small doses on the burrito bowl or whatever. But for this answer, I'd probably, I've honestly never been a big mayo guy, but I feel like that can't be my answer because there's still situations where I appreciate it. Um, I don't know. There's certain kind of sandwiches you just need like a thin spread of it. At yes. Least. Like but the people that dip their fries in it are disgusting. No, That's weird. Dude, yeah. My girlfriend does that and I make fun of her endlessly for nope. it. But, uh-uh. Yeah. Um, I think my, my answer though has to be horseradish. I fucking hate horseradish. Oh, that's a good one. And it's not what bothers me too, is when I say that to people, they're like, Oh, you can't handle spicy food. And I'm like, dude, it's, it has nothing to do with that. Like I love spicy stuff, but I just, that flavor is like so foul to me. It's just like this weird, like, damn burning like gross. i kind of love it. You guys are throwing me off. I thought I had a bad experience, man. Never again. Yeah, uh, that's under, that's understandable. Yeah, I, I, thought, I thought you were going to you... say mustard, Nick, because of your bad experience. Wow, the two <laughs> might be linked. Yeah. So this might be a hot take because um, I feel like this one's pretty popular. I like all condiments, basically. I, I really don't um, discriminate against any of them. Too much mayonnaise is a problem, but I can do a thin layer on just about everything. Yep. But one that I find is very popular especially in the in the pretzel community i do not like brown mustard not a big brown mustard guy the spicy shit it depends on it like it depends on like which kind it is because they're all like they're basically so different and now you go to like these bars or breweries that like make their own and they're all completely different so it's hit or miss for me i usually err on the side of caution with like spicy mustards and brown mustards because First of all, some of them use horseradish, so fuck you True. if you use the horseradish in your brown mustard or whatever. But uh, just like you said, they're so different. Like usually, I'll just get them on the side because it it 
it's so easy for one of them to just be so like weird tasting and like overpower your sandwich. And then you're just, and I feel like that's the key word. sandwich or whatever, you know? Yeah. Like that's yeah. the key word is overpowering like a little bit, you know, on a little like pretzel nugget or pretzel. Sure. You know? to try it. And then if yeah, you like perfect. it, maybe put it on the sandwich, but like, but don't, if it's like, don't if, come out and it's just dripping in like some sauce I've never tried. And it's like a mustard, like super offensive flavor. <laughs> thoughts on blue thoughts on blue cheese. Love it. I'm cool with it. Again, yeah. those small doses. You can't like load something yeah. up with blue cheese. Like Some, you're gonna... and, and like I didn't like it until I was probably like 21. Yeah. It's it's grown on me a little bit. I can now tolerate it on like wings or like a buffalo chicken sandwich, but for sure. Some people like dip their fries in that shit. Like no, ranch. I'm like, no, 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 no. nah, I'm still a ranch guy. I can't I can't do the whole blue cheese thing. I will like I won't like go out of my way to dip my fries in it, but it's like if I have wings and fries and like it's there, I might do like one or two. Right. Yeah, you might yeah, go for sure. a little bit. Just like just to dip your toe in the water. The blue yeah, cheese. like I'm I'm like, feeling dangerous. I like trying <laughs> <yeah>. new things. <laughs> Uh, all righty. Well, before we get into the news, which there's a lot of it, we just want to remind you guys that this episode is brought to you by Brackish Life. Let's take a minute to talk about Brackish Life. If you're like us and grew up on the water and outdoors, then Brackish Life is perfect for you. They have a wide selection of gear from UV shirts to hoodies and hats. It's Real Bay apparel made by Real Bay people. Head to www.brackish.life today to check them out. A little salty, a little fresh, Brackish Life. Brackish Life has also teamed up with Rink to Reef Chesapeake Bay to preserve the area many of us call home. Rink to Reef repurposes broken hockey sticks into oyster restoration habitats. Brackish Life donates a portion of their proceeds to Rink to Reef to further preserve the beautiful Chesapeake Bay area. Support this great cause by checking out www.brackish.life today and speaking of condiments i've seen pictures of brackish life crab salsa i've it's never good. had it it's i need good. to find it i need you gotta go to the eastern shore uh down over near the ocean hunt but you gotta go find that somewhere across the bridge i guess down near the big o you can uh yeah grab oh. some of that brack life dude speaking <laughs> of that i saw so many aunt bonnie's and uncle donnie's this weekend it was ridiculous yeah oh i'm sure yeah oh, it's, it's just part of the gig you know yeah all right, the news. Um, probably the biggest news since we last spoke. We, we were debating doing an episode right after the Stanley Cup was won, but we decided against it. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning have repeated as Stanley Cup champions. Initial thoughts? <sighs> yep. <laughs> the letdown of a, of a Stanley Cup final, I'm going to be honest. Yeah, I mean, the Habs getting that one in there made it exciting for a day but you know we i mean all of us said it we were like tampa's not going to lose game five their goaltender is 13 and 0 in the playoffs facing a loss and the team is is almost like a robot at this point right no it was kind of a lock Uh, i will say it sucks that like and i don't think this is true in general about like low scoring hockey games but i do think it sucked that the final game was a one to nothing game like and not even an overtime one to nothing game, just like a, oh, like one one goal in like the second period or whatever the fuck. Hey, you hit the under on it though, so yeah. that was pretty nice. Yeah. True. The under, I hit the I hit the lightning in regulation. We'll get we'll do uh, more game five recap later in the episode. But immediate news: this is the first episode after the season is over. So congratulations to the Tampa Bay Lightning on their second straight Stanley Cup, the 2020 and 2021 Stanley Cup champions. Uh, 
the South Carolina Stingrays made some noise. They did. They had an awesome year. Yeah, so we had a couple of uh, guys on the Stingrays, uh, Dan DeSalvo and Tarek Hammond, to mention specific names. The Stingrays made it to the Kelly Cup final but fell short, losing the best of five series, three to one to – do you remember the team name off the top of your head, Nick? It was the Fort Wayne Comets, I believe. Yes. That's right. Uh, Mr. Dan DeSalvo specifically had a monster final series. So, you know, big congrats to him. Uh, hoping for a bump up for him next season. That would be pretty nice to see. He's been working hard. Yeah, so definitely. Totally. We'll be, get, we'll be getting him back on the show sometime later this summer to talk about it. Uh, it feels weird that I all of a sudden just took the wheel and did the news. Nick, this doesn't feel right. I need to toss it off to you. <laughs> Why? You were doing so good. Was I? All right. I'll, I'll yeah. run it this time. Uh, this one I do want to talk about. The Ottawa Senators have appointed Pierre Maguire as Senior Vice President of Player Development. Maguire will work closely with General Manager Pierre Dorian and owner Eugene Melnick, the man that is most loved across the entire league. Uh, Maguire, at 59 years old, has spent the last 24 years as a broadcaster. Prior to that, he served as a head coach, assistant coach, and scout with various NHL, ECHL, and college teams. One role that was not in there, I think he probably in a past life was somewhere a stalker. So I'm just going to throw that in there. Thoughts? I I love this. I think this is going to be electric. I like. I I genuinely hope they go on to win the Stanley Cup because I want to see Pierre Maguire like on the ice holding the Stanley Cup over his head. That would be sick. So is he going to be completely like not in a commentating role at all now? Then or I think so. Okay. I believe that's the case. I'm going to say I I will miss that honestly. Like I I as much as we all love to shit on him and and make fun of him and stuff. He he adds something to the game. He adds something, in my opinion, positive to the viewing yeah. experience of a hockey game. And I, it's like, I, it's, I don't know how to describe it, but it's like sort of like that goofy thing where it's like, yeah, it's sort of annoying at times, but like when you take it away, you're going to notice that it's gone. Yeah, exactly. And that's one of the things as the NBC contract came to an end, once they started releasing the crews for TNT and ESPN, you saw he wasn't on there. So I wonder if that maybe made him realize, hey, you know, I love broadcasting, but maybe I should go back into front office work. Could have also been the opposite. Could have been that they offered it to him and he was like, hey, on the low, I've got something fair. better coming up or something like that. Very fair. And I think player development is the most perfect role for him because he seems to know where every player developed since the ever six years old. So yeah, pretty much uh, good for him. And, you know, if your kid's playing up in Canada, maybe, you know, just keep a lookout. So that's all I'm going to say. Um <laughs> Next up, we have Ovi drama. So not necessarily drama, but our good friend Ian and uh, RMNB published a blog about two weeks ago, I would say, uh, discussing the timeline of when we can expect the Ovi contract extension to drop. It is likely to happen after the expansion draft just makes sense because I think there's some rule in there where if he's a lingering free agent, there's certain protection rules that do and don't apply and it works out better for them. Right. It's basically they gain yes. a protection spot by not signing him now. Right. So here's my question to you guys. Um, I've seen on NHL discussion. I know we all follow them. Great page. Uh, kind of the ballpark we're looking at. It, it, I think it's going to be over 10 million AAV, which deservedly so. But with his age, you know, do you guys say, give him a blank check. He's earned every penny, which he has. 
and you don't care about the term no matter what? Or do you think that this should be like maybe cut it off after like two or three years? You know, we don't know how long he can keep this up. I want your guys' thoughts. I would be really surprised, I think, to see this be like a deal that's over three years just because of where he's at in his career. Now, I would love nothing more for them to sign him for five more, but, you know, I don't know. I sort of feel the opposite. I think I would be more surprised if this is like a two-year deal or something like that. That, to me, would be like a big question mark because I, to me, I... I just kind of assume that Ovi has his sights on playing like four, maybe five more years in the NHL. I would hope so. And that he wants to do it in DC. I mean, sure. It'd be nice to kind of do three and then see what's up after that, I guess. So I I could see maybe three years, but I don't know. My gut, my gut reaction told me it was going to be a five-year deal. I kind of side with Mac on that. I feel like if anything, he's going to want the term just for guaranteed money. And what are they going to look at him? Say no. Like obviously they're going to say yes. The thing is, I don't think it would benefit Ovi to like sign a new deal three years into a, you know what I'm saying? Like, yes. Right. Yeah. Where he's at that weird age where it's like, Oh, he's not going to be better in three years. No. Now is my point. So like, he may as well sign for the value that he's at now for the next five years. True instead of yeah. having to giving, re-up giving an opportunity to maybe make less or something like that. And I think he can kind of name his price. Now, now yeah, granted, absolutely. Granted, let's say he signs a three-year deal with the caps. And then after those three years, he's like kind of washed up or something. And he still wants to play for like two more years. I guarantee you some team like the fucking Panthers or some shit would, would sign him for a buttload of money just cause he's OV and be right. like, sure, you can have a two-year deal for like, 10 mil yeah you know, or some shit like i don't know probably i mean he's like i said he's earned every penny it's just you're at that age where you know where are we at in terms of term and i i think you know if he says i want a five-year deal i really can't see the caps looking at him and they're not going to tell him no right so, no but, yeah. i mean they're going to have just him fill the contract out for both sides it's going to be like just pick your term and pick your yeah, yeah no I, off on it yeah yeah I agree with you guys. So we'll, we'll definitely be keeping an eye out on that. I mean, that's probably the one thing that affects our fan base more so than anything else we talk about. Pretty much. Uh, just some dates for the upcoming off season. It's going to be a busy month of July and a really busy second half month of July for us, the NHL and everybody else included. Uh, so July 17th is the deadline for when teams must submit their protected players list, obviously with the Seattle expansion draft coming on July 21st, all teams must submit their protected players list by the 17th. So that way Seattle has some time to judge who they do and don't want before the draft. So again, expansion draft, July 21st, teams must submit their list by the 17th. On July 23rd, two days after the expansion draft, we will have the NHL entry draft. And then on July 28th, we will have the first day of NHL free agency. I think this offseason is shaping up to be quite honestly the most wild offseason we've seen in decades, years. I mean, it's up there. So I'm like names. giddy for this expansion draft. Like, I mean, as annoying as it is for some fan bases to obviously lose like a player and frustrating in some ways and stuff. 
it's so fun just like to see it a big is. shake up like this and just be like holy shit we're like who is going to be on this brand new team and what what is this team going to look like what's the like what's going to be the the role of this team are they going to be a grinder team are they going to be a skill team you know whatever um but yeah i was having a conversation with you know a friend of the pod Stephen baker about just this about two hours ago just that we're excited for the expansion draft and excited to see what what players actually get taken. There's been so much speculation about it for you now almost a year now, maybe more. Yeah. And new is always exciting. And I think that's great. I think it's great for the game. And now that the like actual playing part of the season is over, it's like, okay, let's, you know, I want to know, I want to know which one of, you know, my players is leaving. I want to know who else is getting, you know, shipped off to Seattle. So yeah, it's exciting. And then, and then just a week after that is going to be the free agency bonanza yeah. too. So, I mean, that this, like Harry said, this is going to be a crazy off season and we're, we're right upon it. It's almost about to be hockey Christmas. Mm-hmm. It's just some crazy names. I mean, you got two captains that are going to hit, you know, not necessarily free agency and listen to all the offers, but Ovi captain Landeskog captain, Dougie Hamilton, one of the top five defenders in the league this past season. So um, I would imagine also Adam Fox extension is probably incoming and McCarr is going to have to get his first to set the market. Just a lot of you cool got stuff. guys like Zach Hyman that had a big year. Yep. You're wondering where he's going to go. You got uh, Vlad Tarasenko talking about wanting to get out of St. Louis. There's a lot of really cool stuff going on. Ekman Larson out of Arizona. Yeah, yep. there's yep. a, there's a lot of shit. So uh, we'll, get in, we'll get into trade rumors here shortly, but uh, one last note, former former NHL defenseman Brian Bugsy Watton uh, unfortunately passed away at the age of 78 this past week. Watson died at his home in St. Michael's, Maryland. The cause of death was not revealed. Watson played 1,009 games in the NHL for Montreal, Detroit, Oakland, Pittsburgh, St. Louis, and Washington from 1963 until 1978. Uh, you know, just some some sad news to share. There's a lot of tweets about that over the past week. So you guys got any comments? Long time cap, long time penguin. I know the the penguins released a statement and so did the cap. So uh, sad to see, but uh, yeah, we'll definitely be missed. Yeah, there was a cool story actually that my dad did about this that I would recommend everybody check out if you want to know more about the kind of guy he was and, and the kind of player he was and all that. But um, sounded like he was a hell of a player and a hell of a guy, so rest in peace for sure uh some contract extensions travis mcdermott re-ups with the leafs i uh, got two years 1.5 milli aav he was set to become a restricted free agent on the 28th that's no longer going to happen and the devils re-signed siegenthaler to a two-year 2.25 mil contract he only skated eight games with jersey this past season missing time while in covid19 protocol Uh, Let's get on to the trade rumors, which there are a lot of. So let's get through this. Uh, Jacob Voracek, uh, him and the Flyers have agreed that it may be time for a change of scenery. Uh, They are not going to take any deal, as every team always says in the history of trades. But, you know, given his cap hit, I think he's in like the eight or nine mil AAV uh, ballpark and his Production levels just haven't been the same in the last two to three seasons that they were when him and Giroux were clicking in the the mid-2010s. So it might be time for them to shake things up between him and the Flyers. What do you guys think? 
This one makes my eyes light up. I like Jake Voracek. I think he's a dangerous player. I had him on my fantasy team this past year, and he, you know, he, the Flyers themselves didn't have a great year, but he showed glimpses of still being the star that we all know he can be. And I think, yeah, maybe a change of scenery is what this guy needs. I don't know where he goes. I, because of the high cap thing, you know, he probably can't end up in Washington or really anywhere near where I might want him to go, but there's, there's definitely some, some options that I'd, I'd be okay with some other options. I wouldn't be okay with. We'll see where he ends up. Yeah. I've, I have like the first initial gut reaction, like, Oh, this dude's going to end up like staying in the Metro. Like he's going to end up going to like the Rangers or somewhere like that, or the Islanders, God forbid, or hear me out. What if Columbus finds a way to get a hold of him to get him back? I was thinking that. Yeah. I, I don't know. I could me. see, I could see something like that. Columbus yeah. is in on every rumor in the league. So something to keep in mind. You would think based on their I mean, current nobody, situation, yeah, they're going to be big knows time what buyers. The fuck they're so. about to be right. They don't have a, you know, they fired Tortorella or whatever and they're not fired him, but his contract's up. Right. Right. Yeah. They're getting rid of Seth Jones. So. Yeah. Just to clarify, Voracek is 8.25 cap hit. So. Okay. That is that, and that. And does runs. he have um? Does he ha- how much like mileage does he have left on that? He is signed through the next three seasons. Wow. So okay. He's still, he's still got some time left. So honestly, this is gonna be like a Mantha type deal. Like it's gonna be the type of thing probably where, where like somebody sends him like a bunch of random shit to get rid of like cap room. Yeah. And then like some picks as well to like sweeten the deal. Yeah. Uh, every team in the league has basically called about Seth Jones. I know we just talked about the jackets and here we are again. He is unwilling to sign and trade, which is really fucking the jackets hard right now because they're basically going to let him walk. Um, he says he wants to test the free agent market. I guess if I'm Jones, it all makes sense why you do this. And if you're the jackets, it all makes sense why you're pissed off. Um, you know, I, I guess the only thing that you could argue is that maybe they should have gotten an extension done last summer or they should have done something sooner, but it does look like Jones is going to walk and nobody's going to have to necessarily trade for him. So get your wallets out because this is going to be a big bid. Um, I know he kind of had a down season this past year. Granted Columbus was just in shambles, but you know, when he's on a good, if he's on a good team and he's got some complimentary pieces to work with and a solid D partner, I mean, there's no reason he's not like a top, like I'd say eight, top eight D man in the league, kind of a random number. But I look at him as like maybe like an eighth, eighth best D man in the league, you know, maybe two or three seasons ago. So I don't know. We'll see. I would say top 15 defenseman in the league. Ooh, wow. Really? Yeah. You wouldn't put him top 10. I feel like when they, that I think year- you could make an argument for him top 10. I think just maybe recency bias is hampering that a little bit, but. I feel like in the bubble when they played Toronto, he really he was good then. He got some real recognition. And when they swept the lightning, he got some real recognition. So that that's kind of what I have in my head. I I think this past season they just sucked. Even even in the series where um was that also yeah, that was also in the bubble against Tampa when um they went into that crazy overtime game. Like, yeah, that series he looked great and everything. I think I think it's a classic case of, you know, what Harry said. He's just he was on a bad team last year, and that team was a really bad a, team. That team was just such a train wreck for so many reasons last year that 
it's hard for even good players to shine. You saw no. what happens when Taylor Hall gets out of Buffalo and is on the Bruins, right? He's a fucking superstar again. So I think it's going to be similar to that. He's going to sign somewhere and immediately we're all going to be reminded how fucking good that guy is. Yeah. I would say based on the trade rumors that we saw, even though we know he's not going to sign and trade now, the Blackhawks and the Flyers were the two biggest names that were involved in those uh, negotiations. So keep an eye out for that. And it's also worth noting that the Chicago Blackhawks did just trade about an hour ago. They traded Duncan Keith to the Edmonton Oilers for Caleb Jones and a third round pick. You have to imagine that this is some type of, one, getting rid of a veteran who's you know served his time there and trying to get younger. But two, and more importantly, clearing up some cap space to make a big fish, big not big fish, Jesus, big splash in uh, free agency. So for sure, I also wonder so, if it had any. Uh, first of all, I love this deal for Edmonton. Like just on the surface, I think that they didn't give up too much and they got somebody that's still worthwhile. Um, I do wonder if for either side, the expansion draft played in at all, because now suddenly the Oilers have another defenseman that clearly they're going to protect. I would imagine. You would think if they just gave up something for him. Right. But was it also something having to do with Blackhawks, like having too many guys to protect? And they were like, if we can get something back for this, that we don't have to protect. Right. don't have to protect Caleb Jones. He's not going to get taken. Um, And now maybe they can protect somebody else like Kubo leak or something. I don't know. And you get a draft pick out of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a fair question to raise. So, I mean, I don't know. Fun fact. I didn't actually know this. Caleb Jones is born in Arlington, Texas. Pretty neat. Yeah. He's Seth Jones brother. Wait, really? Yeah. Yes, sir. Are you serious? Yeah. I didn't know that. Am I dumb? I guess I am. Well, shit. Okay, <laughs> moving on. Uh, <laughs> let the Eichel rumors heat up. We are now in primetime Jack Eichel trade territory. I would hope that something in the next three weeks is going to break. So the original favorites were rumored to be the Knights and the Rangers. Uh, that doesn't seem like it's going to be the case anymore. I think the bidding price was just a little too high and they weren't willing to part with the pieces that were necessary. So now the four front running teams are the Minnesota wild, the Vegas golden Knights, the Anaheim ducks and the Calgary flames. I pray to God he doesn't go to the flames or wild. I think it it won't be be the flames. Uh, It can't be. I mean, God, so I, I want him to go to the wild. I think that I do sick. too. I completely mm, agree. So sick. It'd I think cool. it would be great. It'd be cool because like, yeah, I want many to like work out, but I just feel like there's never any hype up there. Like, I'm sorry. You guys are going to fucking hate this. It'd be so sick if you went to Vegas and like became like, you know, like Jack Eichel of like the uh-huh. desert and just wore like all the gold. And he was like uh-huh. in the shiny city. God, I think that'd be no. sick personally. I also I'm gonna, think I'm going to be nauseous and it's not yeah, from the you yeah. know amount of painkillers I had, not the <laughs> pills, the drink from Harpoon Hannah's. Um, I know. I, how could you say like, you wouldn't be excited if he goes to Minnesota. It's like, yeah, like, you know, you want Minnesota Such to be exciting and work out. It's and, like, yeah. who else is going to bring excitement to Minnesota? That except will go nuts. American kids will explode. If, yeah. Yeah, 
Yeah, that'd be you know awesome. Who, you know who won't be bringing excitement to Minnesota potentially is Kirill Kaprizov, as he has been rumored to deny yeah. an eight-year Dude. extension that was what nine million per. What is going on? He turned down a seventy. Well, not officially. This is a rumor, but he just turned down an eight-year, seventy-two million dollar extension potentially. So. Not sure if that's he doesn't want to play in Minnesota or he took a page out of Mitch Marner's book and said, fuck you, give me 11. So I guess we'll see. I'm not sure. I can't even believe they offered him that much. I would have said he was probably in the 7.5 range, just given the sample size. Well, maybe they take that money and go give it to Jack Eichel instead and say, fuck you, Kirill, for one year. And So back to the Eichel thing, and I know this is going to make your stomachs hurt. I've also read that the Bruins might be – suitable candidates and everyone's going to always say that because of the hometown fact that kid. you know hometown kid and he go, he went to BU and you know blah 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 i just don't see them being a team that could pay the price to bring him in i don't think in. so i don't think so because like what this has been said that it's going to take not only like a yeah, blue a chip like prospect maybe an elite level player in itself and then multiple first round draft picks to get this deal done yeah yeah, I don't. I don't know if they have the pieces. And I, it's out, the one player who comes to mind who's a huge piece for them that I don't think they would ever, you know, uh, trade away would probably have to be McAvoy if we're talking about a player of this level. You know what's funny is my initial thought was like, how much of a fuck you would it be if they like for everything that like Marshan has done for them over the past year? <laughs> oh my! They're just God. like, hey, thanks for everything. Have fun in Buffalo. <laughs> Yeah, there's that would be they that trade, would, that, it would never happen. They, but that they would trade be. Bergeron, Marshawn, and Pasternak straight up for Jack. <laughs> oh Eichel. my god, dude, what the fuck? Or watch Minnesota get annoyed at Caprizov for being like, Oh, you didn't like that deal? Well, guess what? We're gonna sign you to Honestly, a shittier dude, one and trade you to Jack. I would trade do you to that. Buffalo. I would do that. I was just thinking that, like, fine, you don't want to fucking cooperate, then we're gonna ship you off to Buffalo. I know that sounds crazy, but Eichel for Caprizov in my brain absolute no-brainer there's basically the same age too so something to consider minnesota would have to give up more than just Kirill. oh no that wouldn't yeah. be a one-for-one one. they'd have to probably throw in like and they're I, they should be or some shit yeah like i don't know with the way that they're going i don't really think they should be giving up first round picks at this point yeah, yeah i don't either yeah uh, Vladimir Tarasenko has requested a trade from the St. Louis Blues. He played in 24 games for the Blues this season and recorded only 14 points. Source told ESPN that Tarasenko was displeased with the way his shoulder surgeries were handled by the team and that trust between the player and team have been fractured as a result. Tarasenko is 29 years old in his seventh of an eight-year deal that was a 60 million dollar deal signed in july of 2015 he has a full no trade clause i can't remember the three teams that i saw today on instagram that were rumored in this the islanders but are I, one of them the islanders were one the capitals were one of them one that? for one straight up tarasenko yeah. for kuznetsov <laughs> Yeah, I don't know about that one. But. One Russian for another Russian. One yeah. inconsistent Russian for another <laughs> right. Russian. Right. Yeah. I don't really know if that guy, if, if he gets you where you want to be as a Caps fan, but definitely something to think about. Um, I don't know. This is this kind of struck me like out of nowhere. I guess it kind of makes sense given his injuries and you know, similar to the Eichel situation, it sounds like players and management have a difference on how certain injuries should be handled. So I don't know, man. Um, that's a that's a hefty contract. I mean, it only has one year left, so I think honestly that might 
kind of fuck St. Louis over, considering that whoever is going to trade for him knows that it's not guaranteed they get him long term. Right. Yeah, they may get way less for it because of that. Yeah. Right. I'd hate to see him be a rental though. Like I want to see him find like a new home and establish himself. So not that the, I think this will happen, but I do know that there have been rumors that Matt Kachuk wants out of Calgary mm-hmm. and his number one place that he would want to go is obviously St. Louis. And I think he would fit right. in perfect with that culture, their identity, yeah. the way they won the cup. So I don't know if there's something there. There might be, there might not be, but if I'm any team, I want Matt Kachuk is one of the first guys I want on my team in a heartbeat. I think probably that would be, he's a great addition to whoever can afford him. Plays hard every night. Yeah. yeah. I don't know like what a deal, like if they were going to do that deal, like what that would end up looking like. Uh, I don't know if Tarasenko is the key to Calgary's problems. I think there's a lot of other depth problems there and certainly stuff on the back end, but who knows? Yeah, and the uh, the last one, because I know there's a lot of rumors here, but uh, the Canucks are looking to clear cap space by trading defenseman Nate Schmidt in order to acquire Coyotes defenseman and captain Oliver ekman Larson. That would be a big blockbuster trade. All these captains on, on trade block, Landy, Ovi, well, not trade block, I should say, but just uncertain futures for the moment. You got ekman Larson, Ovi, Landeskog, all these guys, so. I feel a little bad for Nate Schmidt. I feel like he was actually a really good fit in Vegas, and I'm not sure that they should have been so quick to get rid of him. Um, And then, of course, you know, he gets to Vancouver, and they have a bad season, and then he's like, well, I don't really want to play here. And they're like, well, we don't really want you. Yeah, hard to blame him. Yeah, I feel bad for him. And the way that, you know, like he was sort of a casualty of what Vegas has done with how they handle, you know, their player turnover right now. You knew right. with them bringing in all this talent that they were going to have to shed some of it at some point. So, yep, I have. I, I hope he doesn't go to Arizona because I don't think that would be a good fit. Either. No, that would be horrible. I don't know why. Gut feeling, pure gut feeling and nothing else other than that. No evidence, no backup. You guys aren't going to like what I'm going to say, but for some reason I have like a vision of waking up at like seven 30 on a Thursday and I'm going to check my phone. And the first thing I see is Nate Schmidt has been traded to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Don't know why. Cause don't the, didn't the Penguins and they want, yeah. And the Canucks do a deal recently with Tanner Pearson. I think they did the Pearson Suter trade or Sutter yeah. trade, however you say it. So mm-hmm. they, there's a little bit of a relationship there. Defense is clearly something that we need help with. And I love Nate Schmidt's game. I would love for him to come over. To the I Penn think he would actually awesome. be a really good fit for the Penguins too. Yeah. Like his, his speed and all that would really fit into the Penguins style, but I would hate to see that happen. So yeah, Same. I don't know why just a gut feeling on that one, but it's, I don't fuck like, you and your gut feeling. <laughs> <laughs> Thank I don't, you. Like, I don't hate that logic at all though. Like I could see that happening too. Yeah. I hate the result of the logic, but. Yeah, well, as we're talking about these trade rumors right now, the Tampa Bay Lightning are on jet skis and boats all through Tampa Bay, partying their ass off. So I think they might need some help getting loan approval for a yacht for their three-peat. Something tells me those guys don't lease yachts, but uh, yeah, (laughs) if they did, you know who they should call is the Yacht Lender. Are you looking to finance that new boat or yacht you've always dreamed of? The Yacht Lender is a specialist in marine finance. With partnerships with 15 different banks, he has the right lender for whatever vessel you may be in the market for. Backed by Trident Funding with over 25 years as an industry leader, the yacht lender has the expertise and know-how to finance the boat of your dreams. 
Don't wait. Apply today at www.yachtlender.com or check him out on Instagram at Yachtlender to see others who have already gotten out on the water. I've seen some of the videos from Tampa Bay out on their jet skis, out on their boats. I haven't, I fortunately have not seen uh, the Stanley cup come too close to falling in the water. Although I did see Kucherov and someone else on a jet ski with it. And I was thinking, well, you know, sure. Why not add, you know, close to 500 pounds worth of hockey player and trophy on top of a jet ski. I'm sure that'll go well, but um, (laughs) I did see that the Tampa Bay police department salvage divers did say that they're ready to go in case the trophy falls into the water. Yeah. That's awesome. Wow. Let's go. That's so cool. They get to party in the Bay. I'm so jealous. By the way, I turned my camera off for you. So hopefully thank you. I did appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. No problem. Um, yeah, Vassy, the Russians are just different breeds, dude. Like, Vassy's pretending to wear the Con Smythe as a hat. Kucherov's, it's so funny. Kucherov's like number one bullshits, like all this yeah. shit. I don't know. They're, they're on another level. He might beat out J.R. Smith as the most shirtless person of all time because that dude has not put a shirt back on since they won the cup. He's getting there, yeah. He's, he's definitely getting there. Um, so let's recap game five. I know that's really old news at this point, but we, uh, we haven't spoke since uh, that game five clinching game. So just to recap... Tampa wins the game 1-0 to repeat as cup champs. Ross Colton scores the lone goal, who I believe wasn't even in the whole series. I think he got put in that game specifically because um, – or did he replace Kalorn when Kalorn went down? Yeah. I think that's what happened. He played a couple, yeah. Yeah. Um, so we went two for two on our game five bets. Mac, holy shit. <sighs> Carried- this one gave me so much anxiety <laughs> so all Mac- game. Mac placed a bet that he – told me to write on Twitter that we, people should hammer. He said, Price will get 29 saves. I know you brought it down to 27, but the line was set at 29, and Price yeah. had exactly 29 saves on the dot. So What's that's- funny is, I yeah, I told you to tweet 27 because it was still a good deal, and I actually, in hind- it was hindsight. Like, I, I, I bet 29 because it was at that, and I think it was like minus 110 or something like that. And so I hammered that. And then I was like, hmm, I wonder what like one bump down from this would look like. And 27 was like minus like 120 or like it was like not even any different. And I was like, oh, I should have done that instead. So then I told you to tell everyone that. And like I know a few people that saw that and was like, oh, I'm definitely hammering 27. And then and they texted me when it got to 27. We're like, nice, dude, we hit. And I was like, shut the fuck up. Shut up. I didn't (laughs) shut the fuck up. I didn't hit because I'm an idiot and I bet the 29 and then thankfully the final save was before he got pulled. He like started coming out of the crease and then like (laughs) it started coming back down and they just like flicked it on net and he caught it, dropped it and like passed it to somebody and Uh, then came off the ice. And I was like, still counts, but they didn't put it up originally too. Like it still said 28 up there on the scoreboard. And I was like, are they like counting that as like a dump in and not like a shot or something? That's terrifying. And then dude. like 30 seconds after the fact, I saw it change to 29 and I was like, Oh, let's go. They're counting it. That's so fucking like nerve wracking. I feel bad for you, but that's also a hell of a way to win in yeah. the last game of the year too. hell of a way to, to end the season. Whew. So yeah, that was a wild one. Um, and then I published the Tampa Bay money line and regulation, obviously one, nothing win that hit. An absolutely legendary post-game press conference by Nikita Kucherov, who, I'm going to be honest, I think I've underestimated the entire Tampa roster besides Vasilevsky and Hedman. 
And I kind of like Kucherov after this. I'm going to actually say that. Uh, he verbally assaulted the entire province of Quebec and basically called them, you know, premature, for lack of a better term, said that they celebrated their cup finals in the third round, uh, that they acted like their game four win was them winning the cup and said, we've done this a million times and you haven't done shit. Not quite that literal, but I'm paraphrasing here. And basically said that Montreal was way too giddy in the third round to make any noise in the last round. I kind of love that. I mean, granted, it's Montreal. You can expect that they're going to get hyped up. But, um, <laughs> you know, as a guy who's averaging 1.51 playoff points per game right now, it's kind of hard to say any shit about him. And he's just won back-to-back cups and has been shirtless the entire time and led the playoffs in points after missing an entire season after hip surgery. So I don't really know if you can talk too much shit to him. No, I mean, I feel like one of the nice things about teams winning the Stanley Cup is you get to see emotion and like the personalities of some of these guys who are normally as hockey players tend to be, you know, pretty mundane when it comes to answering to the media. Occasionally you get some funny guys in there, but like, I mean, it's the same fucking script after every damn game. It's uh, we just have to get pucks deep, get pucks to the net and uh, win some hockey games, you know, like, yeah, that's exactly what they say. So it's nice to see guys, you know, have that release at the end of the season where they're like, they don't care anymore. They're going to nationals games and blacking out and diving into a fountain and swimming around. It's, 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 it's nice. I like it. I guess my whole thing is like, unless you're from Montreal, like, how do you not like this? Like this causes, a rivalry. He's going to be number one marked man in Montreal next season. It's going to be awesome. It gives us something to look forward to. And like you just said, you can't bitch about people, you know, or the players specifically given, you know, mundane answers. And then when they finally give, you know, some character or some, some sarcasm or even some animosity, you got to just thrive on it. I agree. I, I will say the one thing though, is that uh, I don't care who you are. If you win, a Stanley cup final game at any point against anyone, let alone against the defending cup champs. When you're not even supposed to be in the fucking cup final at all, you should go crazy. You should be absolutely. You should go nuts. So I don't fault like any of the Habs fans for like celebrating too hard. I think that's kind of dumb, but like I get, I get like the point of what Kucherov is trying to do and antagonize them a little bit and be cocky. And like, yes, it's funny. Yeah, I, I think it's funny. I mean, obviously, any city's going to go nuts if you want to stand like a final game, like Max said. So, not going to blame them there. But uh, I do want to add that he is now endorsed by Bud Light, as he is. The, as is the Con Smythe winner, Andre Vasilevsky, who was the playoff MVP. Just a couple wild stats, because I know we were saying it's the two best goalies in the world going at it head to head in the final, but I'm not so sure that there's any. Uh, any talk about that anymore. I'm pretty sure it's a clear cut number one at this point. He has shutouts in his last five series clinching games, which is just wild to say so casually. Uh, he hasn't lost back-to-back games since being swept by the Blue Jackets back in 2018 or 2019. I can't remember which one. Um, he has started every single playoff game for the Bolts in the past two seasons. And in my opinion, he is clearly the best goalie in the world right now. Disagree. disagree no i think that's a completely fair assessment no it's completely true so just an absolute wild uh run for him a, a truly historic uh playoff campaign that we just witnessed i'm gonna open the floor to you guys a little therapy session so obviously we kind of shit on the lightning all year and the whole 
you know, over the salary cap thing, cheaters, whatever you want to say it. Let's just vent things you don't like about the lightning feelings about this whole year and them and their team and what's going to happen going forward. Raise your hand lightning fans. If either of your Stanley cups came with an 82 game season. <laughs> Ovid cup doesn't count. Right. Both of them. Both of them. Just saying. Yeah. It's not legit back to back unless you play 82. Right. And to clarify, and and correct me if I'm wrong here, but the reason we're emphasizing that is not because I've seen two schools of argument on like Twitter and all this. Like one, people are like, "Oh, it wasn't an 82 game season, so like the standings could have been different at the end of an 82 game season, and then maybe you wouldn't have been as high of a seed, and then maybe you would have lost or something." Which, like, sure, maybe that's true, but to me, it's more just about like the workload. Like an 82 game season tires you out so much more injuries than a 56 game season and yeah what you can what you can play through and what you can withstand after a 56 game season is way different than what you can play through and withstand after an 82 game season so i will say that that's a fair argument and fuck you lightning for not (laughs) not winning a cup after an 82 game season whatever back to back we're all very impressed we're all very proud of you you're so fucking cool with your Vince Lombardi trophy and the Stanley cup on the same boat. So cool. We're so proud of you. What else I, you got, Nick? I, I know I, you got more ammo. Mac, I think that's a great point is like an 82 game season tires you out so much so that your team might get swept by Columbus in the first round. They could Ooh. happen. <laughs> Just saying. Nice. I think they only won because Tom Brady signed as a buck. There you go. <laughs> I mean, did, did you, I mean, was it you that sent us that stat where it was like after Brady got traded to the Bucks, it was like Ray's World Series back yeah. to back for the Lightning and a Bucks ring? So, and yeah, let's be real the Rays could have won that and then decided to shoot themselves in the foot, but yeah, they also they signed Patty Maroon, and the only reason they did that is because they know that he only wins cups now, so pretty much. I will say that is maybe the most impressive part of it to me is that Pat Maroon yeah. has won three years in a row. I think he's the only player to win it three years in a row, not on the same team with two different teams. Yeah. 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 Which is pretty nuts to think about if you really, uh, yeah. You know, Cause there was definitely team. some like Islanders and stuff like that. that or Habs guys that just right. won it 10 years in a row. Yeah. Yeah. So right. that's, that's pretty damn impressive. But in all seriousness, most of what we're saying is trolling. Maybe like actually 20% of it is serious or maybe a little bit higher than that actually. Yeah. Um, but congrats to the lightning. It, it was a, they were the best team. They I, were, I don't, know, I don't know how else to say it. And the other no, thing, that's facts. Yeah. Yeah. The only other thing I'll say is this. Everyone says it's cheating. Everyone says it's not fair, blah, blah, blah. You know what it is? It's a competitive edge. They are working around the rules and they made it work. That's the league's fault. It's not theirs. You're absolutely right. And every team would have done the same thing. You 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 look at the rules and you say, okay, these are the rules. We will follow them. And they did. They did right. follow the rules. They didn't cheat. So it's it's the old like NASCAR mentality. If there's not a rule saying I can't do it, that means I can do it. And yeah. what was the was it one of you guys saying that uh they were the only ones to vote for it? not being that way a couple yep. of years prior to that right Didn't when we talk about that last episode or something in 2015 when the hawks beat them in the finals patty kane was out that whole year and they brought back in patty kane and they were like i think like five or six mil over the cap and when the new c i, I can't remember if it was like cba or off season some some annual thing that they do it was like the, the first thing that came up the lightning were the only team out of every team to vote that you can't 
have this LTIR loophole. And then here we are six years later and a big fuck you to everybody else. So yeah, I kind of like that energy. I'm not going to lie. Good for them. Uh, one of my key takeaways, and I'm just going to say this real quick. One guy who I don't think gets recognized enough and who got praised when he was in New York, uh, Ryan McDonough, what a fucking run he had. I think he led the playoffs in plus minus. Someone could check me on that, but I'm pretty sure he did. And I would say he's probably the most underrated defenseman in the league right now. He's getting overshadowed by Hedman. Um, you know, Sergachev has some flashy plays, but McDonough, man, what a what a series for him. What a playoffs for him. I think people, you know, forget that he was the captain and or no, Callahan was the was McDonough a captain? Cal, or, uh, Callahan was the captain. I'm pretty Callahan sure. was a captain. Yeah. And then I I can't I thought there was one year he was, but maybe not. I think he was um, an assistant or an did, alternate. But. Did they get dealt to Tampa at the same time, or was that? I think they did. I think. Okay. I could be wrong. But uh, nonetheless, a hell of a playoff run, man. He In that last game, he really shined. And, you know, we, we might be even having a different conversation if uh, I think Pollock or Pellick didn't make that game-saving stop against the, the Islanders and McDonough ties it up. So a hell of a playoffs for him. Yeah, absolutely. Congrats. Uh, the takeaways I had, you know, it's just Tampa's that they're the best right now. It's they are a machine. They're a system. They can beat you any way you want. You know, and we saw it with Montreal. You might be able to beat them one way. They can beat you in any way they want to. So they're too big. They're too fast. They're too deep. They win faceoffs at an infuriating rate, but I think my takeaway from them is just Yanni Gord impressed the hell out of me. I thought he was an unbelievable presence for that team. This entire series He was an absolute pest, you know, stirring shit up, you know, crashing the net, creating offense, you know, excellent, you know, defensive game. Uh, I thought he was fantastic. Do you think he'll put a Tampa Bay lightning sweater on ever again? I think he's going to be one of the casualties of that situation. Like we know that team's not staying together. And I feel like, you know, which guys they're going to hang on to. Honestly, if I was them, like I know Stamkos is sentimental, but I'm right there with you. Actually. Yeah. I I totally think that's the way to do it because you could lose like one guy like Stamkos or you could lose like, You've gave him his two cups. Like he's got two of them now. I think that's enough. Let him, let him fly. Set him free. Yeah. There are Friedman and maybe not Friedman. Maybe it was Drager. One of them tweeted today hearing whispers of Stamkos out of Tampa again, which doesn't need to be there. He really does. I mean, no, no, it's no offense to him because he's done a ton for that team being their captain (laughs) and everything. But I don't think he like makes that team that much better. You know what I mean? He's like, no longer that team's best player. And right. I don't think he has been for the last couple of years, actually. The only Plus thing all I the would, injury stuff, he just, he's a question mark still too. Only thing I would say is, you know, you gotta be careful because it seems like everybody fucking loves him, especially Cooch and especially Hedman. And, you know, we're talking about a historic power play here. I don't know if there's the only other guy who I could maybe two other guys I could think of that I would want on that left side on the power play is Ovechkin and Pasternak. Stamkos is deadly right there. That one timer shot. So I'm not saying it's worth the amount of money they're paying him for the next, I think five or six years. He's not their best player and he is always injured, but you know, when you talk about morale and how much he's given and that's their captain, I don't know. We'll see, but there are whispers. I'm all for rumors. I love rumors. Yeah. And they've like, you, heard multiple players on that team say we know this team is not going to be together next year you know they know that this is it so one or more of them is getting moved 
Yeah, absolutely. And you know, we'll, time will tell. We'll see. But I have uh, one uh, one final parting question for you two. And um, this was actually a question that my roommate asked me after uh, we were talking about the Lightning winning. And he's not a hockey fan by trade; he's a basketball fan by trade. But you know, he lives with me, so I've been getting him into the games throughout the postseason and everything. And so he asked me. He was like, "Yeah, you know, in basketball, it happens sometimes where the final isn't the best series that happened in that." postseason so like in your opinion what was the best series that happened this postseason if, if it wasn't the cup final which i think we can all agree it wasn't um what was the best series you guys think overall islanders tampa bay i think that's what i said too actually that's that's what came to mind but i i didn't think about it for a really long time i i, I maybe need to give it a little more thought but that was my gut yeah my gut, uh answer I just something about that conference final or semifinal, whatever they called it this year matchup. Right. I feel like we haven't gotten that in a while, the way that the NHL playoffs are slated normally, like the caps and the penguins bumping heads in the second round. It's like, that is typically it was like two that really good team. Yeah. And one of them is just going to win game seven. And that's yeah. What it's going to come down. Exactly. To. And then more often than not, the one that wins that series ends up going to the third round and making it through, or at least, right. you know, makes that yeah. a series. So yeah, I've got to go with the Islanders in Tampa Bay. I thought that was an awesome playoff series. I would probably agree. I think that's probably the best one, but just some reminders of ones that I think were really good. Florida Tampa was pretty electric. That was the that was the other one I was going to say. That was a good one. Toronto Montreal. I mean, God bless Rick. That and God was bless actually me. so sick. Yeah. Montreal coming back down three one. That was pretty cool. And then one that actually didn't go seven games that I think was personally one of the best series. Um, in the entire, you know, bracket, just because of how many overtimes we had, Carolina Nashville in that I, first round. I thought you were going to say that. That that, that came to fun. mind as well. That one was electric, and didn't it almost go to? Didn't it go to overtime of Game Six? I believe. I think, I think so. It was, was it? I think it was five. Oh. Yeah. Or uh, maybe I'm wrong. I they won it in Nashville. So yeah. So it would have been. Maybe it was. Six. It would have been six. Yeah. So yeah, that was a those that, that was a really good series too. But um. Yeah, it was a great playoffs. Uh, boys, hell of a hell of a postseason. We, ladies and gentlemen, we recorded two episodes a week every morning at 7 a.m., 6 a.m. for max time for the first two rounds. So <laughs> a quick little pat on our back, you know, big strides, a lot of dedication. I appreciate you guys, you know, bearing, bearing with that schedule. That was a lot, especially yeah. with work schedules and Long Island trips and flights and every, time changes. So cars you know all the other shit that cars in my life yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a hell of a run by by the eb boys and uh yeah. it was a fun season a weird season we still haven't had an 82 gamer yet but hopefully god willing please um we have one this next season and we'll have yeah. all, all normal seas back go back to normal go back to normal yes uh two questions one piggybacking off of the other one who had the best playoff atmosphere crowd and building this postseason mm. i was a big fan of nashville's honestly nashville's up there carol i would say carolina has to be up there too carolina was which pretty, is that, part that, of why that series was so sick because yeah. no matter where they were playing it was just electric but i mean actually what the fuck am i talking about right now the islanders it's not even hands close. down yeah yeah i can't believe yeah. i've just vegas was up there too vegas seemed like it was pretty crazy that was a good one. Just that like third period of like that Islanders game six. Yeah. And they're just like this entire arena is just singing nonstop. It was like a soccer game. Yeah. yeah that was pretty awesome. 
Speaking of which. What, Italy? Yeah. yeah I was going to say, so um, obviously Italy won the Euro Championship, which I'm very excited about. Uh, I watched it while I was on the beach, uh, and my phone cut out right before the second to last penalty kick. Oh, God. And I'm like refreshing, refreshing, refreshing. I was a complete mess. But anyways, did you guys see? So it was against England, obviously, and it was in London. It was at Wembley Stadium, which is, you know, the home of like England's uh, national soccer team. And did you see the scenes outside the game before kickoff? No, I did. The fans bum rushed the gate, like fans that didn't have tickets (laughs) to get inside the stadium and were like, like, running like like imagine like eighty thousand people outside of the raven stadium like pushing the gate down to get in it was i've never seen anything and they got in and they they, got in yeah yeah. but like okay so that's cool you got in and you didn't get like shot or tased or like tackled down concrete stairs but like what do you do once you're inside you don't have a ticket where do you go sit down uh beats me i don't don't know i don't understand like what do you do just watch from like the concourse I feel so bad for that. Uh, I, I was rooting for Italy, by the way. Fuck England, but thank you. I was yes. I was. I just felt so bad for the kid at the end. He, like what was he? Nineteen years old. He is, and he plays weekend. for Arsenal, my favorite soccer team. So I did feel kind of bad, but right. Yeah, I felt bad. That's a that's a lot of weight to carry on a nineteen year old shoulders. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah, so. And then the response afterwards was just disgusting by some of the England fans. I don't know if yeah. you guys have paid yeah, that any attention bad. to that, but it's... that was that was bad. So I didn't I didn't see any of the the action in Italy. Like I didn't see any like Twitter clips. But my buddy who lives in Boston, he was in Little Italy in Boston. Mm-hmm. Dude, it was like oh my, it, it was like the fucking Pats won the Super Bowl. I was like, yeah. what? Like it was crazy. My uh, my grandparents were in Rome in 2006 when Italy won the World Cup, uh, and it was in Germany. Mm. But they like when it happened, they were like, we had to go back to the hotel immediately because it was not safe to be to like, riot, literally. on the streets. Yeah. yeah, yeah. People lose their mind. Yeah. Literally, it was crazy. What is it? Forza Italy, Forza right. Italia, and then Forza Azure. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what any. I don't even know what Forza means. I'm yeah. on culture to shit. Forward. Dude forward there or you go. let's go nice yeah did you have any celebration meets a little pastrami action or like well, just, cola? just yeah just the usual daily gabagool routine, you know? gabagool. yeah yeah <laughs> a little summer sausage action right on the beach in 95 degree heat <laughs> little peroni right oh do love me a good peroni me too i had one friday it hit different i will yeah. say um nice. yeah anything else boys i mean actually kind of a Kind of a not historic episode, but a milestone. Our second season in the books. Yeah. Episode 87. We'd like to dedicate this one to Donald Brashear, the greatest player to ever <laughs> yeah. wear number 87. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. Brash. Oh, that was good. Oh, man. Yeah. Very funny, Nick. Good yeah. shit. I, I um, Honestly, I'm not going to lie. I do that every episode. I'm like, let me see if I can find a hockey player with this number. So what do we have yeah. next? I could go Patty. I could go Patty Kane. I could Eric go Vasilevsky. I was going to say Eric Lindros. Something of that nature. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I think that's it. You guys got any last notes? You all good? I'm all good. All right, everybody. Well, we appreciate the love and support all season, all postseason, the finals today. Seriously, thank you so much. You don't know how much it means to us. We love doing this, and uh, you know, we don't have any plans of stopping. So, 
We will be back later this month. We got to figure out schedules of episodes, but we're definitely going to be recapping expansion draft, free agency, and all that good stuff. So most likely interview guests next week. Yes, most likely interview guests next week, and it's former NHLer, so that's yes. pretty cool. Uh, yeah, lots of interviews coming as well this summer. Go check out all of our platforms that we have the podcast on Spotify iTunes we have them on YouTube go thumbs up the YouTube page subscribe if you haven't already leave a review on iTunes please it means a lot it helps it pop up for the algorithm if people search like hockey or sports betting or something leave a review give us five stars we really appreciate that and then uh, again just to recap go to the merch store and if you like anything on the summer collection you know then uh, pick something up tag us in an insta story and you know maybe we'll maybe we'll do something for you so yeah we, we appreciate the love and support as always and without further ado class dismissed <laughs>